Hey everybody, welcome once again to the football pandemic. We are heading into the Super Bowl with lots to recap from the last couple weeks. Join us to talk about the exciting Pro Bowl and the more exciting games that happened the week before that. Stick around and join us for all of that and more on the football pandemic. All right. Well, Josh, it's just me and you today. Uh, Brandon had to be doing some other stuff. So we got the prime, prime spot of sitting here and talking about the upcoming Super Bowl. And we just get to make up words for Brandon to say in this whole thing. Uh, but we actually did not, because of the crazy snow that hit the country last week, we did not get to record as I was stuck up uh, on the hill that I live on and couldn't get myself dug out in time. Uh, so we get to talk about championship games. We get to talk about Pro Bowl. We get to talk about Super Bowl. What a week. What a week this is. Yeah. But before we get to all of that, all those fun games, there's been a lot of movement, a lot of stuff going on. And I just want to start this podcast with something we really wanted to talk about last week. Uh, we wanted to get your opinions and thoughts because it had just happened. The Washington football team is no longer the Washington football team. They have moved on from the Redskins a while back. They've been the football team now for two years. And now from here on out for the next hundred years or more, they will be known as the Commanders. What do you think about this name change, Josh? This is, by the way, everybody, if you don't know, Josh is our resident Washington football team or... Excuse me, Redskins, our Washington, Washington Commanders Redskins, Washington team, Washington Commander team, whatever you want to say. Fan. So I'm talk a to me. Fan. <laughs> but, um, so we didn't have a podcast last week, like like you said. So I thought I'd um, share my opinion in our group chat that we have with Matt and Brandon of what I thought about it. And at first started, we talked about the jerseys and stuff. So I started off with that. So I'll read what I said and a little summary as much as small as I can put it. I said the worst thing about the uniforms is and is and every, the worst thing about the uniforms and everything in general about the team is all this took two years to do. And the fact that they couldn't get the Red Wolves done because of tra or quote-unquote trademark or copyright stuff is just straight up full of crap because uh, considering most importantly that the commanders are also an AEF team uh, since San Antonio commanders, right? I think that's right. Yes. Something like that. So, they're, you know, it's not like that they're not copyrighted from that book. And then there's also teams like the Winnipeg Jets, the New York Jets, the Carolina Panthers, the Florida Panthers, and hockey, and all the other, uh, these other sports and then college. They have the same name. So to think that Dan Snyder and the fifth most, um, I guess, profitable, their fifth most richest franchise in the NFL couldn't get a trademark thing done is just beyond me. You know what I mean? It's like, how does that not happen? How do you not get, to get that thing to work out? What if they really um, liked the name Commanders this whole time? What if they were like, you know, Red Red Wolves, okay, Red Tails, fine. Commanders, that's, man, that's good. What makes it more upsetting is that, like, of course they couldn't get all the commander, the copyright stuff done, done, but in that, whenever they released that um, promotional video or whatever in January, it's like, we're announcing the name on the second. They said, we're going to try to, um, or we try to um, put the name in with the history of the team and the history of the city of D.C. Right. I don't understand how command like Red Tails is as well because of the law. I think it was like the Sacagawean or the Waukegan Red Tails or whatever that fought the that drove the planes. And then you know uh, Red Hogs, the Hogs of the '90s, the Redskins mm -hmm. offensive line that brought them to three Super Bowls. The Red Wolves doesn't really have anything, but it sounds the coolest. So it's like, all right, throw that in there. But Commanders doesn't have anything. I don't think that, in my opinion, doesn't have anything that to like alleviate towards how it's similar to or resembling the past of the franchise or the city because 
I mean, we haven't commanded really anything. The Red, the Redskins, <laughs> the, four, the football team, whatever. They haven't commanded anything since 1991, since 1992, because ever since then, we haven't had like a 11, 11 plus win season since for like the last 30 years. So yeah, it's hard to see. Thing, it's hard to see where the history of that comes in. I'm sure yeah. they can look at the Washington area and say, okay, the commander in chief operates out of here, mm-hmm. but yeah. that's, that's not really the history of the team, is it? Yeah. The only thing I can see that I, I this was kind of more of a joke, but the only thing I can see that makes sense to, you know, similarize it towards the city is, Washington DC is the, the United States capital and United States are the leading pretty much the leading commanders in you know country debt around the world so we're commanding that at least <laughs> but to get towards the uniforms I mean they're all right I mean I know that teams are starting to trying to modernize uniforms you know mm-hmm. that like make them look more stylish I guess trending trending towards that but um I like the black ones the red ones are pretty cool the white ones are just terrible <laughs> But the fact that they took two years for this process and they're like, all right, we're going to be the Kamala Washington football team. We'll just make our re- our helmet red with a number on it. And then they're like, all right, we're the commanders now. But all we're going to do to the helmet is just slap, take off the number, put a W back on it, and, like, that's it. You know, you don't have anything. Yeah. I mean, I can understand if the W was, like, the the um, the Capitol building, which whatever it is, like, the, the big point. The monument. Washington, mm-hmm. The, the monument Washington building. monument. Yeah. yeah. I can understand if the middle W or the where they intersect is the Capitol building monument, Capitol monument. That would make sense, but it's not. So I just don't know what's going on. It's kind of annoying. It's kind of aggravating. But like I like every other name, you know, it's if if they start winning, if they start doing good, they start acquiring players that you know lead this franchise toward the promising land. People are going to forget about it, and they're just going to matter all like, any care that they're winning. You know. Yeah, yeah. If they win, uh, the Commanders could take hold as a good name. Uh, if they flounder a lot, there's going to be a lot of. A lot of jokes for a long time. Winning solves everything. And I do like those uh, hard consonants to start uh, a a team mascot name. Commanders, Colts, Packers. Mm -hmm. You know, those kind of punchy. Um, So we'll see. We'll see uh, if the Washington Commanders ends up being the name that they hoped it would be. But for better or for worse, I think that's what it is now for a long time. And the nice thing is, I don't think any commanders are going to come and say, "Hey, this is this is a slur against us commanders, and we want you to change it." So, <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, my final say is that it could be better, but it definitely could have been worse. We could have been the brigade or the armada. So I feel like it's right now yeah. where it's like it's all right, but it's not what we wanted it to be. Yeah, I still wish you guys would have become the DC Sentinels. I just feel like that was cool. Yeah, but bring back the baseball team. But, uh, well, see, I, I, uh, I'm one of those nerd gaming guys and I love playing a game called Sentinels of the Multiverse, which is about superheroes Mm -hmm. and something about that Sentinels name just was nice, but commanders, commanders may be nice. We'll see. Now there's been all of the, all of the speculation that they're going to be shortened in the chance to the commies. (laughs) I don't know if that'll happen or not. Every, every news media outlet has already jumped all over that commies sort of nickname. We'll see. Uh, you know, they're the red team. They're in our nation's capital, the red commie, the red commies. Oh, yeah. boy. Washington, Washington. And not only is Washington known for their name change, but Congress announced that they are going to be getting into this Washington football uh, team. No, this Washington commanders scandal uh, and... Uh, we have even heard today, I think it was, that 
Dan Snyder hired his own private investigators to get to the bottom of this, find out who's doing what. And then once they get it all figured out, they will release it to the public. It's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. There's a skit, uh, Tim Robbins, uh, comedian, uh, does a skit where he runs, he's like dressed up in a big hot dog suit and he runs this hot dog car into a building, just right into the lobby of a building. And everybody's like upset and he's like jumping out. He's like, okay guys, hold on. We're going to get to the bottom and figure out who did this and who's responsible. And he's wearing the hot dog. Yeah, that's what I feel like Dan yeah. Snyder's doing. Yeah. He's like wearing the hot dog suit, yeah. standing beside the hot dog car saying, guys, we're going to get to the bottom of this and figure out who did this and <laughs> what's going on. So... It'll be funny. It'll be uh, it'll be fun to see what happens. Oh, maybe it'll be fun. Maybe it'll be another huge blow up. Uh, who knows? You might get your wish of Dan Snyder selling the team. I don't think anything's gonna happen. Like I said, he was like he's like the, they're like the fifth most profitable or fifth uh, richest franchise in the league. I don't see him getting kicked out for any reason such as that. Maybe like a fine or you know we lose our um, like a draft pick like the Patriots did when they cheated or whatever. But I do not see them pushing him out. It's just one of those things that. I'll be really, really surprised if it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of lawsuits, there's another big lawsuit going on. Uh, Brian Flores, who was the head coach of the Dolphins and was fired, uh, came out uh, after a bit of the coaching carousel was going on and uh, filed a lawsuit against the NFL and against the Dolphins and against the Broncos, I believe it is. Is that right? Or maybe it's just the Broncos yeah. and the Giants, Broncos, Giants and Dolphins. NFL. But uh, yeah. this uh, lawsuit uh, about a racial um, discrimination lawsuit uh, saying uh, that he has not been fairly interviewed given you know due process. It was just a, a show to meet the Rooney rule. And so we're going to be watching that going forward. He accused John Elway and company of like barely caring about this. Now, of course, they've come out and said that's absolutely not true. You know, due to the only time we could interview him, we had to fly in at you know, four in the morning and we get there and then at seven in the morning we have the, the interview. So, of course, we're a bit disheveled, but we had a very important three and a half hour long interview. So we're going to hear all the sides come out. I have no idea what, what uh, New York's statement has been. I haven't really they been watching. something a couple of days ago or like a report. I don't know who would like actually release it, but um, they said that basically, you know, we understand, et cetera, et cetera. But we, um, we brought um, Brian Flores in after they hired the GM that they said that they, the Giants originally said right when he was fired a couple of days after he said, they said that, he was one of their candidates or the candidates are looking at, but they want to hire a GM first. So they hired their GM from Buffalo. Mm -hmm. They brought Brian Flores in a couple of days later. You know, he spent the whole day there interviewing with the owner, the GM, all these other personnel, and he left. And then I think he came back another day or something like that for like a two, a second day in a row. And they decided to hire a couple of days later, Brian Dabble from Buffalo. So there's obviously a connection with the GM and the head, the head, right. head coach. So I mean, that connection is real, and that happens all the time. Yeah, and mm -hmm. the, the whole thing that sparked it off was Bill Belichick's uh, congratulatory tweet um, that went to the wrong Brian. Instead of Brian Dable, it went to Brian Flores, and then everything went from there. So I don't know where this will go. I know it's a lot of a lot of people who have been in those coaching circles feel like there has been a problem for a long time, and it needs to be addressed. Um, it'll, it'll be hard to say is there true merit in what he's accusing the Giants and the Broncos of in this case? Uh, I don't think he will go very far, to be honest. I think uh, the NFL has a lot of lawyers, um, but I think it will raise the topic and raise the conversation. And next year when there's hiring, we're going to see an emphasis on that. Um, we'll get to like mm -hmm. all of the hires that happened here in just a moment. Um, 
Well, actually, let's just jump through that. I'll come back to some of those retirements that have happened. But coach hirings and firings are finished now. We had nine teams, I think it was, that were looking for a new coach. And nine teams now have their coach. Let's go through this. So we got the Bears hired the good old Colts offensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus. And uh, Matt Eberflus was good for the Colts as a Colts homer. I'm going to talk about this one in just a moment. And that is he was good. Uh, There were times when it just didn't hold up like it needed to. Um, And so there's part of me that's like, okay, I'm ready for a change in that department. He was Josh McDaniels hired when Josh McDaniels was going to be the Colts head coach and left us at the altar. He hired Matt Eberflus and Nick Sirianni before Frank Reich ever got here. So Frank Reich never really got his guy. Uh, but he decided to make it work with those guys. And those guys were, they were good. Um, they're both now head coaches, right? Nick Sirianni down in Philadelphia and now Matt Eberflus up in Chicago. So that that says something about them. Now, having said that, we brought in Gus Bradley from the Raiders. You know, I, I feel like Gus Bradley has been part of some really good defenses. But my verdict will will TBD. It'll be, it'll to be decided because... I know it's not going to, we're not going to see blitzing, you know, we're going to see a big, it's going to be that same four, three, it's going to be, you know, work your, your pressure on the front and then really work with your secondary, uh, which is something that'll be good for the Colts, um, as the, as far as the way they're built. But, uh, I really hope that it takes a step forward and not a step back and we'll see, you know, cause mm-hmm. Gus Bradley, biggest thing he was known for, he was the, I think, uh, defensive backs in that famous Legion of Boom for Seattle when they were the, you know, top defense. He was he was that guy. Uh, then he went on and he's, he's worked with the Chargers. You know, of course, Frank Reich worked with the Chargers and I think that's probably where that connection has happened. He was the head coach for the, the Jags for about four years and yeah. they did not win a lot, but they did during that time have a really good defense. Their defense was like strong uh, until they started just like getting rid of all their good players, which that was a weird, confusing thing that happened when they did that. They just started letting go, and probably because the contracts were too big, but uh, they got rid of a lot of pieces in that time. And then he's with the Raiders, and with the Raiders, I, I'm not going to lie, I haven't been watching that defense except for when they played the Colts, and of course they stopped the Colts really well uh, in that game, but that's one game, so I don't know how they've been there. So we're hoping, um, we're hoping for a good replacement. Now, all of that, because I said the Bears hired Matt Eberflus. Bears got their coach. Uh, Broncos got Nathaniel Hackett, right? He came from the Packers organization, their offensive coordinator, and that has fueled all of the rumors about Aaron Rodgers possibly going to the Broncos. But at this point, Aaron Rodgers has been rumored to be going just about everywhere except Washington Commies, right? Yeah. (laughs) That's what we've seen as far as uh, jokes on the internet. Uh, Do I think he leaves? Uh, I think it's... Very unlikely, but it's possible. I'm not going to say it doesn't happen. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers keeps everybody in the dark and hanging for a long time. So we'll see. But that should be coming up soon, that announcement. He said he would let us know before a certain day in February. Uh, Do you remember what the date was? Yeah. I don't know. I I just remember Brandon talking about it a couple weeks ago. He said that he'll let us know before free agency. So within the next month. Yeah, I I thought it was like, like February 13th or 18th or something like that, which is like a week, week and a half away. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Michigan, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Michigan Panthers, USFL, hires Jeff Fisher as head coach. I just thought I'd put it there because <laughs> it was Jeff Fisher, you know, former head coach. That's right. He uh, he has been out of football for a while. He's come back to there. 
um, back in the uh, NFL, uh, we have uh, the Steelers GM uh, stepping down after the NFL, Kevin Colbert, Colbert stepping down after the NFL draft this year. So he's going to do one more, one more draft. And they've, they've often done they well in their drafts. drafts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe not after Big Ben. They haven't really done well getting a quarterback to replace him. Uh, Mason Rudolph has not been the star they hoped he would be. But uh, back to uh, back to some other hires. Brian, uh, Brian Dable, uh, the Bills offensive coordinator, as you mentioned, uh, joined Shane in New York uh, for that head coaching job for the Giants. Uh, the Raiders, the Raiders have hired Josh McDaniels. As far as we know, Josh McDaniels still could pull out of this. Unless, the, unless they've all signed. I haven't seen the signature yet, but uh, as of uh, this point, he's, uh, he's the head coach there after uh, going back to the Patriots after that last uh, pullout at the altar with the Colts. Uh, so he's going to be uh, in, the, in the Raiders playing against you know Kansas City and Seattle and um, Broncos, right? That's in that division. Broncos, Chargers, Chiefs, yep. Yeah. Oh, Chargers. And Chiefs, right? Not Seattle. What am I? What am I talking about? Uh, so that'll be an interesting division uh, to see if he does anything in his second stint as a head coach because his first stint didn't really go so well, did it? It was in Denver, but yeah, it was all right. It wouldn't go well. He went from Patriots to Denver. Head coach didn't go well with the Tebow era. He left, and then Peyton Manning came in town, and then he went back to um, to uh, New England for the offensive coordinator, and then. Colts for like yeah. an hour. And then, I don't believe he was there at all with Peyton Manning. I think he left before Peyton Manning. He was, was yeah, Jay Cutler was after Tebow, right? Or uh, Tebow was after Jay Cutler. Kyle Orton. Yeah, Kyle Orton and then Tebow was after Cutler. Vikings have hired Kevin O'Connell, uh, who was with the Rams as their offensive coordinator. And of course, he's still in the Super Bowl, but they have agreed to that. So when this Super Bowl is done, um, he will be heading up to the Vikings. Um, he was another Redskins employee, right? Yeah, from that 2012-2013 team that created all these lines of coaches. So, um, yeah. Lamont for Kyle Shanahan. That was a big team. All these guys. That was like a big, yeah. that was a, you know, you look back at that and you're like, how did they not win more with all of that? Yeah, ownership, <laughs> I'm telling you. Ownership. And, and players, maybe some. Uh, yeah. Jaguars. Uh, AFC South News Jaguars hired Doug Peterson. The big famous Philadelphia Super Bowl winning coach. Uh, he was he helped them win their first Super Bowl. Am I right? That was the first Super Bowl Philadelphia yeah. ever won, and then things just fell apart in those next few seasons. And then he leaves, and Carson Wentz leaves, and uh, everybody's gone. And um, now he's back in the same division as his former offensive coordinator, who is the Colts head coach Frank Reich. Will be playing each other twice a year. Frank Reich versus. Doug Peterson. That'll be interesting to see. I don't know what I, like I think of that. Lot, What's that? I like this one a lot. Yeah. I mean, if he if he can put a staff together, like a defensive staff to help and an offensive staff to help, but I really like this one because if you know Doug Peterson, like Nick Foles was. I mean, he was all right, but whenever Wentz seemed to, like Wentz was good that before he got injured, and then when Nick Foles came in, they both were really good quarterbacks under Peterson, and if. Peterson can do that same thing with Lawrence. We could be looking at Lawrence that we expect rather than Lawrence that we are surprised by. Was it under Peterson, though, or was it under Frank Reich, the quarterback's coach? Good question. I don't know, but I still like this one just, you know, just based off of what's happened in the past. Yeah. Well, uh, to be honest, 
I feel better about that hire as far as being a Colts fan for them to hire Doug Peterson than, you know, some of the, like if they would have hired, um, Brian Leftwich or, uh, the enemy or there, there were some other coaches I thought mm-hmm. would have been better coaches for the Jaguars. Uh, I thought Brian Leftwich was a shoe in for that, uh, just because of his history with the Jags and he did before they, before they said no, he said no. Yeah, I feel like he backed himself out before. Like, I don't know if they made him an offer or what, but I just know he backed himself out. And I feel like okay. if he didn't back himself out, he would have been there instead of Peterson. I didn't realize that. I thought uh, I thought he was still possible for that job when they hired Doug. Okay. Dolphins hire Mike McDaniels, the guy who looks like he works at a Starbucks, right? Looks like a Starbucks looks barista. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, but I, I also thought he looked like um, uh, Blankenship. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The Colts kicker Blankenship with those, uh, Rex Specs glasses. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, a, uh, it's going to be interesting. I saw uh, a little video of him on the jet talking to Tua. <laughs> it was, mm-hmm. it was yeah. kind of funny uh, to watch him trying to pump up Tua and Tua talking back to him. You couldn't hear Tua cause he had on headphones, but yeah. yeah, interesting hire there, Mike McDaniels. And of course you knew that wasn't going to be a place where Flores was in consideration, but a lot of these other jobs, uh, you know, Flores didn't, didn't get that. Now, Mike McDaniels is considered biracial. Is that correct? Um, so he is yeah. one, one minority hire. We have our next one, the Texans, again, another AFC South team. we got a cup, uh, AFC South had some turnover, half the teams, Texans, they promoted up Lovey Smith. Now they had been talking about Josh McCown, like really seriously oh, yeah. for a while. And, uh, it looked like he was going to get it. And then just out of nowhere, they're like, no, not him. He's been told no. And we're promoting in the, in like the, uh, like 11 hours. It seemed like it happened. Uh-huh. <laughs> Lovey Smith just boom. Like three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Like three weeks. So I interview all these guys for as account, whatever. Lovey Smith comes in and 11 hours later, 12 hours later, a day or whatever, he's hired. Yeah. And I really think this is a move with all the Flores talks or whatever going on, this is just a move to like the Coley thing. Like, all right, we're going to hire this guy, a black coach, and we're going to hire Josh McCown to be our offensive coordinator, kitty coach, whatever. And if McCown does well, we're going to downgrade or fire, downgrade Lovey Smith back to defensive coordinator or fire Lovey Smith and promote McCown, who's the guy we really wanted. Just to, you know, get it off their backs, really. But yeah, I can see that. I don't know. I can see that, you know, with all the state of the world, them saying, hey, look, we're, we're doing we're doing our part. But in the back of their head, they're like, we're still getting Josh McCown in the building. We're going to give him some experience and we're going to head that way eventually. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that works. Uh, Flores and his legal team said also, he's like, I'm excited for Lovey Smith. You know, they announced the statement. I'm excited for Lovey Smith to be hired, et cetera. You know, we're moving in the right direction or something like that to be hired as a black coach, whatever, whatever. But I'm upset at the fact that they felt like they had the pressure to be hired him because, you know, he's black just to, you know, appease my Brian Flores, et cetera, et cetera. Something like that. It was stupid, but, you know. Yeah. He's just digging himself a different different hole. It's, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Saints, the last team looking for a head coach. The Saints of the nine, they promoted from within also. Dennis Allen, their defensive coordinator, who their defense was actually – Pretty good. I, I mm-hmm. can't say the Texans defense was looking like stellar, you know, when you're like, oh, we, we promoted Levy Smith. I didn't see it last year. I mean, I guess there were a few games where they, they won big games, um, but I think that was as much offense as defense. So, uh, But the Saints defense has been pretty strong, and uh, promoting from within made sense to me there uh, as well. So 
they're they're going with a defensive minded coach um, instead of an offense. I feel like I feel like offensive minded coaches are just the the way to go. Of course, we always feel like we have these waves, and then all of a sudden the whole NFL kind of swings again. And it's when you have that strong defense and defensive mind that you go far. And yeah, we'll see how that works out. But so far, it's like those coaches or those teams with the the powerful offenses and the powerful offensive minds have been. Uh, Defensive minded that. coaches hired. Yeah. I looked it up out of interest, the job, the Texans thing. And there's a couple of rumors going out there by credible, credible, uh, you know, reporters like, um, John McDermott, John McLean or whatever. Yeah. Uh, John McLean. He's yeah. McLean. He says, um, the plan Texans plan to hire McCown before the followers lawsuit came out. So they've, the lawsuit pressured them to hire a lovey Smith or another black coach instead of the guy they wanted. Mm-hmm. So, We'll see what happens with them in a year. Um, it does sound like they're still going to have McCown in the building. Is that right? Have we heard that that is a hire? I know, I know they upgraded other quarterback coach, Pat Hamilton, to offensive coordinator. So I'd imagine just McCown gets in like an offensive control system, a quarterback coach type of deal or something like that. But mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. We know they liked him. Uh, so that was uh, that was a lot of what's going on when you look at the the lawsuits and you look at the new hires. Uh, uh, but I want to jump back to some of the stuff we were going to talk about, and that is there were a couple of big retirements that happened since we've last had our podcast. I think we were we were let in that Big Ben was going to be retiring, but it's official. He officially retired. He's done. The Big Ben era is over. He had two Super Bowls. Um, hard to take down. But toward the end, you could tell his arm just wasn't what it used to be. And uh, you could tell it was time for them to move on. What do you think Pittsburgh does at quarterback now? Uh, a lot of people are like, oh, they're going to go for Aaron Rodgers. But uh, I just don't see Pittsburgh as the type of team who gives up a lot of draft capital. That's just not the way they do it. Um, who do you think they get in? Do you think they get any veteran quarterback? They were talking about a veteran, right? Oh, no. I've seen all these... Um like order uh, mock drafts or whatever, saying that they go after like uh, not Kenny Pickett, but the other guy, um, Malik Wilson or whatever. But yeah. they don't have like they don't have like a top. They're pick twenty, so they're you know all like toward teams that you might need a quarterback, like the Commanders, the, maybe the Broncos, and a couple other teams. That there's only like two or three quarterbacks, maybe even two that like are actually first round talent. You know what I mean? And they, I feel like they go within. The top before I guess basically before Pittsburgh gets someone, so they're gonna have to trade up if they want anything. I almost feel like what I've heard is there's really no good quarterbacks in this class worth taking in the first round. Um, you're taking a chance, they could end up mm-hmm. good, but they're not like a guaranteed boom. So, uh, I've heard talk that Pittsburgh will try to bring in someone like a uh, Marcus Mariota. Um, knowing it's going to be for one year and wait till the next year when there is supposed to be some good quarterbacks coming through, uh, kind of projected some of the quarterbacks coming in the following draft. Uh, They might try to pick up one of those, you know, Marcus Mariota, knowing it's highly likely you're going to lose this job to a young gun, you know, whether you get one year or two years, you know, that kind of deal. Uh, So I don't know. I could see something like that happening. I heard somebody trying to say, oh, Carson Wentz would be the perfect quarterback for Pittsburgh. He'd be Big Ben 2.0. Uh, I don't think that'll happen. I don't think Probably anybody I don't think anybody right now is looking to acquire Carson Wentz with like, hey, this could end up being really good for us. Uh, as well as he played this last year, it wasn't astounding. 
And for the same reason the Colts are like not sure that he's going to be the starting quarterback, I don't think anybody's beaten down our door to get him. You know, you can talk about Aaron Rodgers, you know, maybe Pittsburgh, maybe Denver, but I guess we'll talk about it later more. But we could, um, we haven't talked about maybe Jimmy Garoppolo going to Pittsburgh because I feel like Pittsburgh, they might sign a veteran quarterback, but like you said, they're going to sign a guy, you know, one year, et cetera. But I don't think that's, that's Tomlin's way. You know, he hasn't had a losing season. You know, he's going to, you know, it's not like Brian Flores or Hugh Jackson with it come in and say, quote, unquote, we were asked to lose for money or whatever. Right. Tomlin is going to win and going to try to win as much as he can. So no I matter like what. He's gonna go for any, yeah, if he's going to go for anybody, it's going to be like a quarterback that puts him in a position to win rather than, all right, we know the quarterbacks are not good this year, but they, we know that next year, 2023 draft is stronger. So we're going to, you know, we're going to play like we're under average so we can get a top 10 spot in the draft. Hmm. Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo's, uh, uh, he's hard for me as I think about Mm -hmm. him and, and what he's going to be able to bring. It's his, uh, he's been injured so much. Um, that's one thing that scares me. And then his play has been good, but not great. It's not like elite. Like I don't ever look at like what he did changed everything. I feel like he's on good teams and he does what he's, what's needed uh, and has played in some gutsy games, et cetera. But I never get that feeling that he's elite. So, you know, I've heard a lot of, as you can imagine, as a Colts fan, everybody who is a quarterback that's a free agent has been linked to the Colts in some way by somebody. And you read about them all. And um, he's one of them. Jimmy Garoppolo. Could he go to the Colts? Hmm. I don't know. He would. I think if you put it good enough, I you go. Yeah, I was just going to say, I don't know if it's, an, if it's a huge upgrade over Carson Wentz. I feel like if you put a good enough supporting cast around Garoppolo, like like he has now with Ayuk, um, Samuels, and then the running backs they have, like Kittle, he's going to thrive like he did in 2019 when they went to the Super Bowl, this year when they went to the championship. But if you don't, like the numbers show that if he doesn't, I mean, he's only played two years, full two full years. But if he doesn't have the stars that he has, like I feel I can see him just being an average quarterback. But if you put him in Pittsburgh with Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool and Najee Harris. And then uh, Freer Mooch, whatever their tight end name is, he can do what he's doing in San Francisco, honestly. Yeah. It would be a very Pittsburgh Steeler type move to do. Yeah. Um, speaking of people leaving, uh, Brady retired officially, question mark. He retired officially after all that speculation, would he or would he not? And then not, not a week later, he's saying... Uh, would I never come back? Well, you never say never, but most likely I wouldn't. Uh, I think he's, he's just saying, listen, I'm not going to say never. And then no, you know, the, the fact that I could change my mind, but right now I think he's still planning to be retired, uh, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And yeah, we'll see where that franchise goes. Another franchise looking to, to make some sort of stopgap or acquisition, for quarterback because I don't believe they have on their roster the next quarterback. So we got we got those retirees. We also have a longtime announcer Al Michaels and uh, announced that he his Super Bowl uh, call would be the last game he calls. Uh, that's gonna be it's gonna be hard. I've really loved. I used to love watching uh, Al Michaels with uh, John Madden. Didn't they work Madden, together? Yeah. Uh, I I used yeah. to love that uh, combination. Uh, John Madden's been out of that place for a while, but Al Michaels, um, something about his voice 
just says football to me. It's going to be missed. And I know there's a lot of other announcers now that they've got in other games, but uh, uh, I've enjoyed listening to Al Michaels call games, and uh, he's always been a class act. Congratulations to Al Michaels in retirement. Hopefully that goes well. Uh, Someone else may be leaving the NFL, but not out of their decision to retire. Alvin Kamara Mm -hmm. was uh, arrested for battering someone with, uh, I forget the term they used, uh, physical damage. (laughs) I forget how they worded it. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. In in Vegas after the Pro Bowl, uh, I think it happened before the Pro Bowl. He was arrested right after the Pro Bowl. Um, I think it happened the night before, and he could be facing up to five years. That's not good for a Saints team, is it? What are they going to do there? Lost their head coach. I mean, they they lost their offensive line head coach, basically. Um, Lost Might be losing a quarterback free agency, and then they lost their star running back. It's not looking good for them. Yeah, I think think their defensive coordinator, who was just promoted to head coach, has his work cut out for him, and I think that division, that is NFC South, right? We lost yeah. we lost Brady in the Buccaneers, and we still don't know who all there will be back. We lost because uh, Godwin might go somewhere, right? Go somewhere, yeah. Yeah, uh, we lost uh, Drew Brees the year before, and their year didn't look terribly impressive at quarterback with Taysom Hill and um, Jameis Winston. Uh, now they've lost Alvin Kamara and their head coach, who has been such a big part of that from New Orleans. Uh, this might be Atlanta Falcons time. Matt Ryan may find himself yeah, in the yeah. driver's seat this coming year. Um, who's the other team in that division? Um, the Panthers, which I was going to say, they might be if they could you know, get a quarterback. They, they're they in that driver's seat too or close to it because of you know the competition level. It's that same question though. We got three teams in that division who don't know the answer at quarterback right now. And then Matt Ryan, who has yeah. been a good quarterback, even though the teams have not looked great. Matt? Matt Ryan's a good quarterback, and uh, I think he could find a resurgence this year if they don't find their answers like uh, they're hoping to. So that's all, that's all stuff that's been going on um, in, in our not-so-breaking news segment. But we want to take some time before, this, uh, before we get to the Super Bowl preview to recap the championship games because we didn't get to do that last week. I know, you know we, we've just passed the Pro Bowl, but let's talk about those championship games. We had the Bengals versus the Chiefs, and this has probably been talked to death by now, but we're going to add our two cents because we are the football pandemic, and that's what we do. Bengals at Chiefs. What do you think of that game, Josh? I watched them all. I mean, I watched both of them, I guess. No, but um, this is one of those where at halftime, like, just like the last time they played, it was like, all right, this game's done. I don't know if I should keep watching it. And then, lo and behold, the defense comes out, Patrick Mahomes isn't the same. They come back and they go to overtime again, just like last week, Bills and Chiefs, or the week, a couple weeks ago, technically now, but Chiefs, Bills and Chiefs. And Evan McPherson locks it in for them, goes in Super Bowl for the first time in like 33 years. Kicker got it done again for them, third time in a row, right? McPherson's making yeah. a name for himself in Cincinnati along with Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow, Chase, and, uh, McPherson, those three names have like really risen and everybody in the Cincinnati area just absolutely loves that little trio mm-hmm. that's going on right there. I mean, and they've got Mixon and they've got other players, but those three oh, yeah. have, have like really risen in the media. Yeah, uh, I think that breakdown by the Chiefs actually began uh, the drive before the half uh, when they got down when in range. 
yeah, they they decided not to go for three points. They're like, we're gonna we're gonna just put this away. And the defense stepped up. And from that time on, um, it was hard for them to score anything, right? They didn't get another field goal, dude. Yeah. I mean, if they got that field goal, that's what I meant, is that game's that McPherson what might not have happened. They would have had to go down and score a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. They would have won probably. Yeah, uh, I I'm not gonna lie. All of you out there in the world have probably heard this uh, over and over, but I'm super super glad the Chiefs lost. I was for the Me Bengals too. all the way. I'm tired of Patrick Mahomes right now. I'm tired of uh, the Chiefs in general, uh, and so Bengals going to the Super Bowl was great. Uh, and uh, as we have been mentioning, uh, history was made for the third time because they are. You know, they've, they've won a playoff game. They won a playoff game on the road. Now they've won the championship. All those haven't happened in the in the times that there have been texting, and we have been texting those things. So history being made. Uh, and you have to admit, that was a, it wasn't just like a, they battled and won. Uh, there was a mental component to that that Burrow uh, showed great promise in. He came from 18 points down in the second half. Mm-hmm. And that says something. Uh, it, sometimes when you're battling and you, it's always within one score, a quarterback can keep that mental edge. But a lot of times when you get down by 18 points before half. You're just down and out. Yeah, it's really hard for young quarterbacks. Now, he's in his second year. And you've heard all the stuff. He would be the first quarterback to win the uh, national championship, first quarterback to win Heisman Trophy, first quarterback to win um, Super Bowl. Super Bowl all in his first two years as a first-round draft pick. So uh, he's got some uh, some weight on his shoulders here in a few days coming up this Sunday, uh, and he's going to be playing another team, but that was decided when we watched the 49ers versus Rams game. Tell me your thoughts on that game as you watched it unfold, Josh. This is more of those ones where it was like, this is going to be a good game either way because it's divisional opponents. They play two times each, of the year, each, each time each year, and they the Rams haven't beat the 49ers in like, two and a half or two years, something like that. So they finally beat him. Mm-hmm. But this is a back and forth game all the way around. I mean, like there were so many chances for the 49ers to take it and just run with it. Like the interception they dropped or, mm-hmm. or just whatever, but the, they kept in, you know, the Rams kept in stride and they won, you know, on that last, um, on that last drive. And it was, uh, it was telling that both Cooper cup and OBJ both got a hundred yards on the day. Uh, that's yeah. a, that's a tough, uh, tough tandem there, and Matthew Stafford's making the most of them. And uh, speaking of Stafford, this is the first time not only that he got to the playoffs, right, or won a playoff game, won a playoff game, but now he's in the Super Bowl in his first year out of Detroit. That trade that they gave away so many picks for, everybody was like, "Wow, they paid a lot. Yep. Is it going to pay off?" Here they are; they're in the Super Bowl. Yeah, this they, could be Matthew Stafford's punch the ticket to the Hall of Fame kind Hall of career. Of they said the same thing about the, um, like when the Rams did this in general, you know, are they stupid for trading all these picks for Jalen Ramsey a couple years ago? Stupid for trading all these picks for Stafford? Stupid for trading all these picks for um, Von Miller? And then picking up Odell Beckham, who, you know, said Cleveland had problems. Cleveland said he had problems. Mm-hmm. It's all working out for them, and they're not looking stupid anymore. I feel like anybody, everybody else that said they were looking stupid are the ones that are, you know, embarrassed to say the fact that they're in the Super Bowl right now. Yep. Yeah, and so... Um, I think I was, um, well, before I get to that, uh, we, we've kind of talked about this. 
But with that loss, you know, I think Jimmy G was playing. And if, if Jimmy G won this one and got to the Super Bowl or even won the Super Bowl, I think the 49ers had a really hard decision ahead of them. Do we stay with this guy who took us all the way or do we go to this guy that we traded so much to move up and get? But with that loss, as far as Jimmy G took him with that loss, I think it is absolutely clear. And I think we've seen Jimmy G even tweeting his goodbyes and his, you know, thanks mm-hmm. fans and stuff. It's clear. Jimmy G is not the future. He's gone and they're going to go on to Trey, Trey Lance. And we've talked a little bit about, you know, he could go to Pittsburgh, but Jimmy G has basically said uh, him and the team are working together to find a place. He just wants to go somewhere where he can win. Um, and so he's going to be looking at some teams we're going to be following that in the off season. Jimmy G moving on, and where does he go? But uh, as I was getting ready to say earlier, when the Bengals won against the Chiefs, I felt like man, uh, I'm happy as can be. When the Rams won, uh, I could have been good with 49ers because Jimmy G comes from Eastern Illinois University, which is where we broadcast from. It's where we're at. Uh, but the Rams, you know, with Matthew Stafford, never having gotten in, you know, past the first round of the playoffs to be in the Super Bowl after all that he has done to, for him to be the one that has uh, thrown the ball to the two greatest receivers we've seen in uh, Megatron and um, Cooper cup to finally make the Super Bowl and possibly win the Super Bowl. uh, And the, against the Bengals, uh, the Bengals win. That's awesome. Joe Burrow second year, that whole, that whole narrative, uh, that city uh, having such a good time. The Rams, Matthew Stafford and, and Cooper Cup and that whole narrative of they've made all the trades and it took them where they wanted to go. Either one of those is a win for me when it comes Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. I will say for me. I will say I'm rooting for the Bengals and I know both you and Josh, I believe, are rooting for the Rams, mainly for the Matthew Stafford angle. Is that correct? Matthew Stafford. Yeah. I mean, like I said, like I think Brandon agrees. We talked about it in the group chat a couple, but um Matthew Stafford, like, he's in his, like, 12th or 13th year or something. He's only got, like, four years left. So the Bengals are a franchise, you know what I mean? And Joe Burrow's, a, like, a second-year guy out of, you know, I guess a second-year guy just coming off injury. So, you know, to see that Stafford has all this limited amount of time left to win one and to solidify a Hall of Fame career, which I, I even before, even if, even if he loses him, he doesn't make it, I still think he's a Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer. But I think he needs to win one to actually, like, put in the minds of other people that he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Mm-hmm. Kind of like yeah. Philip needed to do, and we you know so on. I can see the point. I can see the point of of rooting for him for that reason, and I wouldn't be upset if they win. But um, I grew up thirty five minutes from Cincinnati, just uh, across the Indiana border, thirty five forty minutes, and uh, a lot of a lot of who day who day who day say they're going to beat them Bengals. Nobody, mm-hmm. uh, Iggy Shuffle. That stuff was all part of my childhood. And it's been suppressed for so long because the Bengals haven't won in a long, long time. So uh, I'm caught up in that. I'm rooting for the Bengals. I won't be mad if Matthew Stafford wins. But uh, come Sunday, I'm going to be rooting for those Tiger Stripes first and foremost. It's going to be an exciting game. Uh, But before we get to that game, before we get to the Super Bowl, we had another huge, hugely important game that happened. The Pro Bowl. Did, did you tune into yeah. the Pro Bowl at all, Josh? No, I was, what was that, Sunday? I was doing schoolwork and or watching TV or something else. Not, not, not the Pro Bowl. And um, 
I just occasionally look on, you know, Twitter, the highlights or whatever. And I'm like, all right, this might be, you know, turn out to be fun because all these star players. And then I realized it's two hand touch and I'm so fairly disappointed at it. It was bad. I did tune in. I tuned in actually before it started and they had, I don't know. I didn't actually turn on the volume. It looked like either high school girls or college girls. I wasn't sure what the age was. Uh, Pro bowl game. And uh, they were doing flag football. And I'm like, oh, yeah, flag football. That's weird. You know, they just kind of pull the flag off and that's all. And then they're done. Uh, And then we got to the Pro Bowl and it was even worse. (laughs) It wasn't even flag football. It was just like, you know, guy would catch a ball and kind of jog around and the defenders would kind of half reach out toward him and not even like really (laughs) try. Um, I will say this. First touchdown of the game. Darius Leonard, the maniac Colts defensive touchdown for the AFC, who did end up winning for the bajillionth time in a row. Um, But um, yeah, it was a pretty bad game. And I think a lot of people are like, this needs to change. There needs to be something needs to be done because this is like embarrassing, Um, even compared to like Pro Bowls of the past that were still not as competitive. This was just the worst. And uh, yeah, yeah. As a as a Pro Bowl player, it's almost embarrassing to be part of that, you know, and be out on that field and have people tuning in to see you just kind of like stick your hand out and not do anything. And uh, it was bad. Yeah. It was bad. I and like I don't know. Is, do, do you have a theory on what could fix the Pro Bowl? No, I mean, like I mean, maybe it's, I understand that they're like, you know, ever since like the mid or late 2000s or early, you know, right beginning of 2010, they've been like, all right, we need to, you know, enhance player safety, you know, concussion protocol, et cetera, et cetera. So that might be the reason, but like mid, like mid early 2000s Pro Bowls and early on was like such, such great, you know, there was full on tack, full on uh, contact, full on, you know, heavy hitting, et cetera, et cetera. But honestly, like it's so ruined at this point, you can like, they, you, you pick, you know, rock bottom at this point for the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Pro Bowl game, at least the, the, the competitions they do, you know, like the, uh, the fastest man or whatever. That's really, that's really fun to watch dodgeball. But the Pro Bowl game in general, like, you've hit rock bottom. The only way you can go is up. If you can do any sort of improvement, you're at least going to improve it a little bit. But I feel like if they can't, if they, they're, you know, not going to improve it, they just take out the Pro Bowl game and, you know, like, announce these guys are the, the Pro Bowl, you know, whatever, based off their play. And then they, you know, do the, the um, whatchamacallit, like the Pro Bowl games or whatever they do, the um, like the, the fastest man or whatever. They just do that and, you know, make it fun rather than playing two-hand touch. Yeah. I, uh... I half agree with that. I've heard some people put out a, a theory, and um, I like it. First of all, yeah, select Pro Bowl players based on their play, and it's title only. There's no Pro Bowl game. But instead yeah. of a Pro Bowl game, there is a first draft pick game. So you take the two lowest teams, yeah. uh, regardless of what their records are, like if they're the, you know really close or a few apart, whoever wins that game gets the first overall draft pick. So that there is there's something to play for. For the players, uh, for the coaches, and uh, you would see like a real game. That would be interesting. And people would be rooting for once for their team to win. You know, they've been rooting for their team to lose up, you know, those last few weeks because they're like, hey, we could get the first overall. But now it's like we could get the first overall or we could get the second, depending on what the outcome of this game is. I think a lot more excitement through all 32 fan bases would, uh, would result if they did that. Call it the... Uh, you know, draft pick, uh, number one draft pick game, or I don't know, they would have to give it a, a name, but yeah. I think that would be interesting. I don't think it'll ever happen, but 
I think it would be interesting. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, so that was our, our, our recap of the championship games and the Pro Bowl. Anything in looking ahead, we've kind of already done this, looking ahead to Super Bowl Sunday. Bengals at Rams, 5.30 p.m. Um, you got the two storylines we've talked about. Uh, that young core in uh, Cincinnati, uh, Burrow doing what nobody else has done yet as a second-year first-round pick or first overall pick. Uh, and it is two first overall picks going against each other, right? Um, yeah. And it, it's funny the the comparisons that you've seen uh, because this uh, Joe Burrow is the first ever to be there in his second year, and uh, Matthew Stafford has been playing for thirteen years and has never been there. It's like they're as flip flop for first round picks as you can get meeting up in the Super Bowl. Uh, any predictions for that game as far as who you think is going to win and by how much? I don't know. I mean, like you said, it's like I could care less who wins, but like you want the Bengals more to win, but you like you don't care. I want the Rams to win them just for Stafford, but I could care less who wins. It's just so the fact that it's like a refresher, you know what I mean? Like this is the first time since two thousand four, whatever that we haven't seen Brady, Manning, Rogers, uh, Roethlisberger, or the Forty ers in a Super Bowl yeah. since two thousand four. So like it's just a giant refresher. But I feel like the de- the Rams have a good defense. The Bengals have a terrible front seven. Yeah. So. I feel like the main the main factor is the Rams want to pound the rock and pass it, I guess, to Cooper Cup or Odell, really. But um, pound the rock more so just to get it, you know, down there. And then when they need to pass it, pass it to your main guys. But the Bengals, they need to attack anybody that isn't really Jalen Ramsey, I guess, because you have T. Higgins, um, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and um, can't think of the third Boy. guy. Boyd. Yeah, Tyler Boyd. And then their their tight end CJ Uzom, Uzo Mama or whatever. And Joe Mixon at running back. So they have all these weapons, but mm-hmm. they just need to attack whoever, like, I guess, attack away from their, the star defenders, really. Yeah. The big, I, like, I think the big uh, competition in this game is going to come down to the lines. Is Joe Burrow going to have enough time with Aaron Donald and Von Miller coming at him oh yeah. to throw to those weapons? Uh, and then is their defense as vaunted as the Rams? The Rams are known for their defense as well as their offense, whereas the Bengals, uh, they've shown well in these last few weeks that the defense has stepped up. You know, that second half of the Kansas City game, the defense shut down Patrick Mahomes somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll have to do that again. It's gonna, I think it's going to come down to those lines because both quarterbacks are good. Both of them have weapons. But Rams right now, I think, have a stronger defense. So in all likelihood, I think there's a strong chance the Rams win because of yeah. that. But I'm going to yeah. root for the Bengals, and so I'm going to have to make my prediction that way. And I do think it will be a high-scoring game because of all those offense and weapons and um, if their offensive lines can give them time. I'm going to go 34-31 Bengals. Nice score prediction. Um, I didn't get that. Um. Like you said, kind of high scoring, mid late twenty or yeah, late twenties and early thirties. Um thirty-one twenty-eight. Kicker makes a game winning field goal. Okay. For the Rams. For the Rams. Okay, you're you're betting against McPherson to do one more game winner. <laughs> yeah. If if he does one more game winner. Well, it, unless Woo. they go to, he kicks it to go to overtime and then the Rams, you know, so it's not a game winner, but you know, it's a it's a clutch kick basically. So I yeah. still think it's the Rams thirty one twenty eight. It's gonna be a close one, high scoring, mid mid scoring game, I guess. All right. 
Well, I'm excited to watch this game. I'm sure all of our fans are excited to watch this game, and we will be back to talk about this game. Don't think that just because football is going to be over after a week that this pandemic is done, because we're going into the offseason, we're going into the draft, and a whole lot more. Join us every week on the Football Pandemic.